Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Happy Sunday. Yeah, the Sunday brunch edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. We got a good one for you today. One of my favorite interviews in the Senate, Senator Tommy Tuberville, coach, as you know him from his great days as the legendary Auburn coach today, a Republican senator from the great state of Alabama. He's going to kick things off. He has been on a very important mission to stop resources from being diverted from the Veterans Administration where there's already a 300,000 case backlog. We're not even serving of men and women who served in our armed services. Our veterans are being denied. And guess where they're taking those resources? I know you're going you're gonna to get it the second I say it. They're using it to process illegal immigrants down at the border. Can you believe that? We're taking veteran services away so that illegal immigrants can have medical benefits from our VA. They're kicking kids out of the Brooklyn schools so that illegal immigrants can take over the classrooms and live there. We have lost our marbles. This is an unavoidable, this is an avoidable crisis and an unavoidable clash of American values. It's just insane what the Biden administration has done. Well, Tommy Tuberville, the senator, he has been fighting to stop He's got a legislation right now to block it. Say no more VA funds for illegal immigrants. Spend VA funds where it was designated for our brave veterans. And Senator Tommy Deverell is going to kick us off with that. That's going to be a great conversation. In the second block, Tom Fitton, my good friend from Judicial Watch, he's always doing great work in the courts to get you and I more transparency. He's going to join us. And then Victoria Coates, currently the head of security policy at the Heritage Foundation, the former deputy national security advisor to President Trump, and I guarantee you will be an important player in the next presidential administration. One of the most important national security thinkers in the world. Really a real treasure. We're so lucky to have her in the United States. She's going to join us. We've got a lot to talk about. The Middle East, the Red Sea, the Houthis, all the things that have destabilized the world because Joe Biden has destabilized the world. We're going to cover all those with Victoria Coach. She's always a great interview. We always learn a lot from her. I'm always grateful because she brings a lot to the table that I don't even know about, and I try to stay up on these things. Then we'll go down to the border. Sheriff Mark Lamb from Pinal County, Arizona, now running for the U.S. Senate in Arizona. He's going to join us. He's got some straight talk about the border. And also, now that he's traveling Arizona, running for statewide office to be in the U.S. Senate, what he's learning from voters. He's going to surprise you with a couple things that he'll say today. 
And then I will finish up the show with Carl Zabo, my good friend. He is the country, one of the country's premier AI, artificial intelligence experts. And he has something very powerful to say. There's all this talk last week at Davos, where all the elitists gather in Europe. Oh, AI is a great threat. It's going to create misinformation. And he has something real simple. All of this consternation is not about AI. It's about Donald Trump. He'll explain that. When you hear him, you're going to go, ah, now I know what he's talking about. I get it. That's one of the reasons we bring Carl on. He really is an outstanding expert, and he brings a lot of common sense to every show that we have. I'm always so grateful to have him on. So he'll finish up. He'll be our cleanup hitter on this Sunday brunch edition of John Solomon Reports. Now, before we go, a quick shout out to my good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition. As you know, I have really worked on my weight and my health and my metabolism and my exercise since the beginning of 2023. And one of the most important players in my health plan are my friends at Brickhouse Nutrition and their extraordinary Field of Greens product. You sprinkle a little bit of powder on, I put it on my egg sometimes, sometimes I put it in a shake, and you get five helpings of fruit and vegetable in a single scoop. And these vegetables are hand-picked. They're made in a way that you get the maximum benefit for your kidneys, your heart, your lungs, your metabolism, you sleep better, you lose weight. I have been incredibly grateful for what the good friends of Brickhouse Nutrition came up. Field of Greens is a sensational project. Next week, I'm going to tell you about a new product they got called Lean. Wow, this thing is a mean, lean, fighting machine, fat machine, fight fighter. And uh, I'm going to bring you up to speed on that. They've got some new offers in that. But before we do that, remember that you can get – it's always hard for me. I, if I had to get the time to go to the store – clean and wash the vegetables and fruits, cut them out, try to make them into something I could tolerate eating. I would never, never get five helpings a day. But with Brickhouse Nutrition and Field of Greens, I do every day. And I want you to have the same benefit, have the same experience I have. So our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition have arranged for you to get 15% off your first order. You're going to 15% off the first order, and you're going to get free rush shipping. That's pretty good, too. How you do that? Visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code Just News. So go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code Just News, 15% off, free rush shipping. That's a pretty good deal. And on top of it, you're going to get a lot healthier. That's the great thing about it. All right. A quick commercial break. When we come back, Tommy Tuberville, the center from Arizona coach, as a lot of people like to call him. He'll be up next. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale. Four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. 
Join now at AMAC, AMAC.us slash Just News. That's AMAC.us forward slash Just News. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Welcome back, America. As Joe Biden and his party continue to push all electric everything, the cold weather is proving to be very problematic for those who own electric vehicles. The frigid temperatures have left drivers stranded at charging stations, and I even read about one uh, owner who had to pay more than $100 at a charging station because they had to leave their heat running while they charge their vehicle. And with this focus on electric, a lot of people are forgetting about how reliable gas-powered vehicles as well as nuclear energy actually are. But our next guest surely has not. Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville, or if you're an Auburn grad like I am, you know him better as coach. But he recently delivered a floor speech on the effectiveness of nuclear energy, and he joins us now to talk about this issue and more. Senator, welcome back to the show. I got to say, War Eagle. Thank you, War Eagle. Glad to be on. Good to, be with Good you, to see you, sir. All right. So we're going to dive into that floor speech on energy and we're going to tackle the southern border crisis in just a moment. But considering you sit on the Senate Armed Services Committee, I wanted to get your reaction to this 911 phone call that was just released that was made for Secretary Lloyd Austin back at the beginning of the month. Take a listen to this. Can I ask, like, can the ambulance not show up with lights and sirens? Um, we're trying to mm-hmm. remain a, a little subtle. Yeah, I understand. Um, yeah, usually when they turn into a residential neighborhood, they'll turn them off, uh, but they're required by law to run with them with the main street. For okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Senator, I remember when this story first broke and the explanation was disseminated. I think one of the initial explanations was that the communication staffer who was supposed to communicate this to not only the American people in the media, but also the president of the United States, that person was sick at the time. This kind of makes me think that it was premeditated and that since the beginning, they were trying to keep the American people in the dark. How concerning is that to you? I'm very concerning. I've been around uh, Secretary Austin quite a bit over the last three years. Uh, he, by the way, is a Auburn guy also, Amanda. Uh, I think you know that. But uh, yes. You know, he has been when he travels and, and when he uh, has any type of meetings, he has an entourage of dozens of people. So uh, he has so many people around him. There's no reason that there wasn't communication to uh, the White House, uh, the people around him of what's going on. We live in a dangerous time. And this, to me, is a slap in the face to his boss, Joe Biden, that didn't know for five days. And by the way, in those five days, we had been bombed four or five times in different facilities in the Middle East. And so it just goes to show you there that Joe Biden wasn't he wasn't in tune to what was going on. Uh, you know, 
he hadn't heard from uh, Sector Austin. Uh, I would think after one or two bombings of our military installations overseas, that sooner or later the vice president, or, or excuse me, the president would get a little bit uh, annoyed that uh, Lloyd Austin had not called him or he had called Lloyd Austin. So failure to meet, to communicate is the problem here. And it just goes to show you, I don't think we have a acting president of the United States right now. Yeah, that's a powerful statement. So I want to ask a little bit about that, because a part of the situation in the Red Sea and the Persian Gulf, that area is self-inflicted, right? We had the Houthis on uh, the terror watch list. Joe Biden said, let's take them off. Now, I know they put it back on three years later, but during that time, the Houthis got richer and more armed. Iran got richer, more armed. It seems as though the crisis we faced, it, we sort of created ourselves with Joe Biden. Well, again, we've been bombed over 100 times. We've had uh, drones being shot w with cruise missiles at our ships and container ships all up the of the uh, the Red Sea. It, it's a it's a bad situation that we don't have any. Again, it goes back to just the communication from the Secretary of Defense to the President. We have we have no leadership of what's going on and on how to handle this. So what is our game plan? Uh, now, finally, we went in and we destroyed some buildings or whether empty or had anybody in them or whatever after they had done something to one of our ships last week. But I promise you, under President Trump, this wouldn't be happening. Number one, I don't think it would ever started, but had it did start, uh, somebody would pay the price for it immediately. You don't attack the United States of America and get by with it. You have to pay the price. And again, uh, we've got to stand up for what we believe in, stand up for our allies, the people around us. That Red Sea is very important. Stand up for Israel. But this is only going to get worse before it gets better. I think you know that, Amanda, you and John both. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, and speaking of President Trump, someone who induced a lot of change at the VA, I wanted to ask you about uh, this proposal that you have partnered with the House Veterans Affairs Chairman Mike Yost, uh, Boast over um, the No VA Re Resources for Illegal Aliens Act. I think that a lot of Americans can't even fathom the notion of resources that are supposed to go to our veterans for their mental health, for their physical health, uh, for just maintaining health, that that would be going to illegal immigrants. But that's not the case. I can't believe this has to be said and has to be proposed, sir. Well, the border, as we all know, is a crisis, and it brings along a lot of other crises with it. And this is one that just affects the VA directly. The VA is the largest healthcare system in the world. We have 19 million veterans. We only have nine million that our VAs can handle. So what we did is we went out and created some community care systems for the VA, only veterans uh, that were uh, that were used for veterans that were in rural areas that didn't have to travel a long way. Uh, but now with the infinite wisdom of the Department of Homeland Security and our president of the United States, they decided, hey, these illegals need health care, too, which is fine. I mean, they do need health care, but they don't jump in the front of the line of our veterans. And that's what they're doing. They're taking money from the VA and they're letting these uh, illegals get in the front of the line in front of veterans all across the country. And again, the lines are just getting longer again for our veterans who we owe a great deal to. And uh, again, it's costing money, money coming out of the budget of the VA. It's wrong, it shouldn't be happening, but this is how uh, this administration treats our veterans. Mm. 
It's extraordinary. Uh, well, they're lucky that you're, our veterans are lucky that you're taking this head on and got this legislation in place because it's very important that we stop this right away. So I want to turn, stay at the border for a second. Uh, one of your colleagues, Senator Langford, obviously trying to negotiate with the Biden White House. Do you have any sense of what that um, border deal looks like and where you might stand on some of the concessions or concepts coming out of those negotiations? Well, first of all, it's it's very complicated. Anytime you deal with the border, uh, nothing has been really done for it up here other than the few years that President Trump was in line because he just took the bull by the horn and said, this is what we're going to do because you can't get Congress to do anything. Nobody can agree on anything when it comes to immigration. Uh, but the problem that we're having right now, obviously, is we're getting overrun. We've had 841,000 come in since October the 1st. Uh, we've had over 16,000 come from China. We've got huge problems. So uh, Senator Lankford's worked hard at this. My understanding is uh, Democrats really don't want to do anything with the border, but they're having to because we won't give any more money to Ukraine. And uh, unfortunately, we're even thinking about giving 100 billion more to Ukraine, who they can't win anyway, but it's we're throwing more money at a bad situation. But hopefully we can do something with uh, with the border where I'm waiting to see the text. Uh, we heard today uh, through some investigation that when President Trump was in in office, he only allowed, uh, I think it was around 5,000 a year to be paroled into the country, 5,000 illegals to be paroled, which meant that you could come in the country because of an emergency or whatever. You had to go back in a certain period of time. Joe Biden has let 840,000 wow. a year be paroled into our country, which is devastating. <laughs> and even some of the the uh, people that really want to give money to Ukraine and our caucus saying, wait a minute, this parole situation has got to be cut down. It's got to be done in this bill. If it's not, I'm not going to vote for the bill, nor will there be any money for Ukraine. Uh, so that's the situation we're in. We won't know until next week. Uh, I hear that we're going to cut down from 10,000 a day uh, getting into our country to 5,000 a day. Well, to me, that's a non-starter. How about zero? How about we how about we uh, put a border wall up, protect our border and then selectively take people in that we want to come in, not just let them come in uh, at their will. We shouldn't be doing that. We're hurting the American people. We're hurting our country and we're we're almost broke as it is. And we're going more broke every day because of what's happening at the border. Yeah, no doubt. So we had a couple of folks on yeah. the show last week. Jim Jordan, uh, the senator from uh, oh, sorry, the chairman of the House um, uh, Homeland Security, they all said they support a suspension of any funding, that the only deal they'll take is suspend any funding that goes to any new illegal immigrant coming in the country. Would you support something like that? Yeah, well, we're going we have no choice. I mean, we're giving 40,000 and up dollars a year to every illegal that comes across the border. We, we can't afford to do this. We're giving tens of billions of dollars a year. Uh, John, we are we are borrowing the American taxpayer right now because of these politicians up here that want to spend money. We're borrowing $80,000 a second. OK, that's four point six million dollars a minute that we're borrowing and putting on the taxpayer credit card. We can't sustain this. We don't have any money. OK, we're trying to do it where we cut back on taxes and help out the American people. It's almost impossible. The taxes are getting ready to go up. And if you vote. For this Biden administration, again, uh, it is going to be disastrous. President Trump is the only one that can get this done. He can shut the border down. He can get us out of all these wars. We can start working on our debt. 
I don't see anybody out there right now that's even thinking about running for president that will do what President Trump can do. And that's the reason he's going to get elected. And that's the reason he won last week in Iowa like he won. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, cutting that number from 10,000 to 5,000 only tells me that they have the ability to control that number. And I'm with you. Why not make it zero? Uh, Very quickly before we go, we got about a minute left. Um, I know that you are big on nuclear. To me, it's the cleanest. It's the most viable and practical. It's the cheapest. What can Congress do to accelerate the development of nuclear? Well, if you just look, look back at what happened in the 70s when we had Three Mile Island, we had the problem there really, by the way, nobody really died in that. Uh, there was, it was a huge scare. We had 140 nuclear plants being either drawn up or under construction. We immediately stopped all 140 of them. I want you to think about this. If we would have continued on and built nuclear energy, we wouldn't even be talking about an energy problem right now. We would have so much electricity that we wouldn't be needing to talk about anything about climate or whatever. So we have a very safe way to do nuclear energy now. It's called salt thorium. We have new techniques. It takes less time to build these reactors that are very, very safe. And it costs less money. We need to get back in the nuclear business, get away from all this wind and solar. It's a big hoax. This climate problem is nothing but a money grab. We need to get back to nuclear if we're going to solve this problem. We can use gas and oil, but nuclear is also a great alternative, which is, by the way, would help our environment. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. So just quickly, about 30 seconds. Just uh, are there Democrats starting to think this way? Uh, no, not really. You know, they're, they're, <laughs> if you just listen to them out in Davos at the, the World yep. Economic Forum, I mean, it's all about climate change. It's all about a money grab. It's it's about socialism. Climate. This climate change puts us all into a realm of socialism. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. we love being a constitutional republic, and that's what we need to stay. And we're going to stay that way. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. Tom Fitton, who's leading the charge on so many litigations for transparency, for accountability. Judicial Watch just sued the Capitol Police in the shooting death of Ashley Babbitt. He's going to describe all of that right after these messages. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, Add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a health care provider. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. 
plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000 or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Without him, we'd have so much less transparency and ethics in Washington. He is the president of the great citizen watchdog group, Judicial Watch. Our good friend Tom uh, Fitton joins us right now. Tom, great to have you back on the show. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, John, and you, Amanda. Good to yeah. be with you again. It's great to have you on. We always learn a lot from you. You've got a lot of legal things uh, stewing in the courts I want to turn to, but I want to get your reaction to this. I mean, the White House looked into our eyes and said, trust us, it's an ethics agreement, nothing to work about here. The guard dealer says, uh, that's not true at all. This is a, you know, let's take a step back. Hunter is a potential witness against Joe Biden. And this, in my view, is one way of taking care of him to take the pressure off of him as he was facing legal investigations and pressure from the Justice Department, uh, what better way than to come up with this art deal scheme uh, that allowed people close to Biden uh, to give him inordinate amounts of money uh, for uh, the junk art he was creating. And uh, this reminds me of the Clinton era when Webb Hubble, who was a former Justice Department official, uh, started to get work uh, from Clinton world uh, after he was pushed out of the Justice Department and faced Justice Department and prosecution uh, due to Hillary Clinton's uh, shenanigans and, and um, uh, his own problems uh, with the Rose Law Firm back in uh, Arkansas. So, I mean, there's, there's, there's really nothing new under the sun, my point is. You had Clinton corruption where witnesses were taken care of. Hunter Biden is a witness, and they're taking care of him. And the White House knows what's going on and pretended and provided cover for Hunter's um, um, really laundering operation by uh, most public accounts as to how this took place. Tom, does it, if Amanda, give me one more second. Does this potentially go into witness tampering? Well, if the Justice Department were acting honestly and doing a serious investigation, uh, they'd like to know when there's someone who's subject to an investigation and knows a lot about other investigations or other potential subjects and money starts flowing into them in an unordinary way, in an extraordinary way, they start figuring out what's going on here. Is there a witness tampering? Is there obstruction here? Is there a conspiracy? And this Justice Department, I don't think, is going to do that. They have a yeah. prior record of uh, uh, short uh, uh stopping investigations of Joe in their tracks. And so this is going to be up to Congress uh, if to pursue this aggressively. Uh, you know, Hunter needs, obviously, to come in, whether he'll testify or not is an open question. Uh, but people like Joe Biden, uh, you know, this White House spokesman, you know, get them in there as quickly as possible. They can't move as, soon as, as quickly enough. Uh, time to waste it. Yeah, good point. Yeah. 
Yeah, it makes you wonder if a Republican purchaser of Hunter Biden's art would be as pertinent information to them, considering a Republican wouldn't exactly fit into a Democrat administration. But anyway, I wanted to ask you about these, what, 426 pages of documents that you gleaned from NARA, Joe Biden using these pseudonym emails. Some interesting information in these. A number of instances, particularly Kosovo, where Secret Service protection um, was caused. And then also an email in May of 2016 that had both Hunter and Joe alerting them to a scheduled uh, phone call with the president of Ukraine at that time, President Poroshenko. What are some of the the most uh, what what are the highlights of what you found in these 400 something pages of information? Well, that last point first, uh, Joe uh, was communicating with the president of Ukraine at the time. And Hunter was briefed on it, or received detail about the fact he was going to be briefed on it and the detail of the call. Why on earth was Hunter Biden getting that type of information? Uh, and, it, and again, it further undermines the, the really rissable claim that uh, uh, Joe and Hunter uh, were communicating about Ukraine. And then secondly, uh, the more uh, kind of an interesting issue is why wasn't Hunter given Secret Service protection while they were over in Kosovo? Now, that was a big trip for the Hunters, uh, for, for the Biden family, because there was uh, an event there where Bobart Biden, Biden, who had just died, uh, was being given some type of monument in Kosovo. Uh, so the whole family was there. So why wasn't Hunter getting Secret Service protection? And, you know, with all due respect to our friends in Kosovo, I don't know if I would travel as the president's son without Secret Service protection, even for a few days. What was he doing that he didn't need Secret Service protection or didn't want Secret Service protection? And to take a step back, you know, remember, he stopped getting Secret Service protection, it looks like, you know, about two years before the end of the Obama presidency. So that was another curious issue. Uh, But on these broader emails, Amanda, I mean, these are 210 emails from and to Joe, uh, Joe Biden from his days as vice president, two members of his family, shows that they were closely in, uh, working with him on political and, and government matters. And so it kind of blows out of the water uh, that you know, there was this kind of this, uh, uh, ch- this wall between uh, the Biden family and their business enterprises and, and Joe Biden's government activities. And, uh, it, it, it highlights why Congress has been unable to get these emails and while ju- why Judicial Watch, uh, our work is so important because we had asked for these for this material in the context. We want communications between Joe Biden's office and from the, his days as vice president with the whole racketeering operation, Damn. alleged racketeering operation. And <laughs> yeah. We pushed hard for the alias emails once became, that became more detailed and specific. And we've gotten emails and Congress hasn't gotten them yet. Why not? Well, you'll see why in these emails, because there are treasure trove of leads as to why these individuals, whether his brother, his son and other family members were involved in uh, you know, the politics, obviously, of what Joe Biden was doing as vice president, uh, but also being involved in, in government matters and, and trips and such.
Yeah, a lot, lot of leads that uh, these new documents that you just made public are going to provide all of us uh, to chase down. Uh, I want to turn to another big legal action you took recently. Judicial Watch, part of a lawsuit suing the government and the Capitol Police over Ashley Babbitt's uh, shooting, uh, her shooting death. Uh, it's now been three years ago. Hard to believe it's been three years. Um, yeah. Your uh, tell us a little bit about why this lawsuit is so important. What what you expect ultimately you can get for justice for her family. Well, it's for her, her, her widower, Aaron Babbitt, and her estate. It's a $30 million wrongful death action against the U.S. government and federal court out in the Southern District of California, San Diego area. And, you know, there was no good reason to shoot Ashley Babbitt. I've, I've watched the video repeatedly. And let's, you know, forget about the lawsuit and the details of, of, of the allegations in the lawsuit. I watched the video, and I still to this day can't believe he shot her, that Lieutenant Michael Byrd shot her. Uh, there was no good reason, and as the lawsuit lays out, uh, he, he broke every rule in the book, it looks like, when it came to handling a weapon and, and utilizing it in a deadly manner against poor Ashley on that day. And uh, the records show, uh, at least according to the lawsuit, that uh, he issued shortly, almost immediately after he killed her and shot her, uh, that... Um, he issued a, a radio call saying uh, shots fired, shots fired, and he suggested he was being shot at. The only shots fired were by him. It was a shot at Ashley Babbitt. But why was he saying he was being shot at? And people suggested maybe it was a cover-up. And then secondly, you know, his record, I guess it's been public, he left one of his, his loaded weapon, the one he later used to kill Ashley, in a public bathroom in the Capitol Visitor Center, and he also fired his weapon in a way that I think should have resulted in some serious consequences at a car full of kids or juveniles or whoever. Uh, I guess they were trying to steal his car and, you know, the bullets went flying. So um, I, I can't believe he fired into a crowd. Ashley shouldn't have been killed. Uh, and this lawsuit hopefully will get some accountability because we didn't get it from the Justice Department under Joe Biden nor Congress, whose police um, agency, the U.S. Capitol Police, gave Lieutenant Byrd a free pass and, and protected him, practically speaking. Uh, and um, no other police officer involved shooting, at least in recent memory, has ever been treated with, with such kid gloves. All right, folks, you got a good one. Right after the commercial break, one of the nation's premier national security experts is going to be here next. He always Brings us some news. We're so grateful to have her in just a few seconds, right around the corner. We're going to have the one, the only, and my good friend, Victoria Coates, right after these messages. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. 
Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome back, everyone. Just like our southern border, which we're going to get to in the next segment, the state of the Middle East is in complete disarray. Two of our Navy SEALs are missing while there is focus on the Red Sea. And this all comes at a time when Iran targets Pakistan with missile attacks, which would be the third country to be directly attacked by Iran in the last 24 hours. Does anyone remember when we had peace in the Middle East just over three years ago? Well, I do. And it's been with great thanks to President Trump and his team, which included our next guest, Victoria Coates, coordinated the National Security Council policy related to the Middle East peace process and was promoted to Deputy National Security Advisor for the Middle East and North Africa. And she now rightfully retains the position of Vice President of the Heritage Foundation's Foreign Policy and National Security Shop. Victoria, lots of unrest and uprising. I can promise you that we all miss you in the White House. Thank you so much for being here. Of course, Amanda. I'm glad to be here. Thanks. Uh, so we are still dealing with a Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, who is triple O. We have Iran and Yemen who uh, inexplicably, I just can't believe that they are ignoring Biden's one word command, don't. I can't believe that's an, not enough of a deterrence for them. And now you have, I believe it was yesterday, the UK's defense minister, uh, Grant Shapps, saying that in the next five years, we as the West need to be prepared for war with Russia, Iran, China and North Korea. Now, five years from now, four of those years, depending on what happens in November, four of those years could have a peacemaker like President Trump in the office. But if that doesn't happen, are we prepared? Can we even afford this? Well, that's why the stakes are so high and why what happened in Iowa last night is, is so important to see the U.S. system functioning. And we're seeing Republican primary voters go to the polls and start to select who they would put up as a contrast with, for President Biden. And as the Heritage Foundation, you know, we don't take a position on individual candidates. I, our role is to point out the very stark policy differences that would be between a future conservative administration and what we know now after three years the Biden administration is likely to do. And you, all you have to do is look at the Middle East and this outbreak of just very irresponsible, violent hostility from Iran, which seems to have shocked President Biden, because apparently they thought that Iran would be nice to them. Amanda, Iran has been in a state of war with the United States since 1979. They are the ones who shout or chant rather death to Israel, death to the United States, and they mean it. And when they sense weakness coming from Washington, and sadly, that's what they're getting, uh, they're going to lash out. And this was all entirely predictable. Yeah, it was. It was also predictable. If you take the hoodies off the terrorism list, well, they might start acting up again. It doesn't seem to be a very effective strategy for putting the hoodie aggression back in the box. The Red Sea is a mess right now. Uh, first, can you talk about the strategic mistake of taking them off the terror list? And then what are the options that Biden should pursue that maybe he's not pursuing right now? 
No, it, it was it was a really fatal mistake. Very early on in March of 2021, they were removed from the foreign terrorist organization list, which is where we had placed them uh, rightly in January of 21. It was a, it was one of the last things we did on the way out as the administration, but one on which we'd been working for some time because you actually have to build a legal case that these people are indeed terrorists engaging in terrorist actions. And one of those actions that they were already doing uh, three years ago was taking pot shots at commercial ships. We knew they were willing to do it. They, we knew they were willing to uh, hold shipping through the Red Sea up to the Suez and, and to Europe. Uh, from Asia, they, they were willing to hold that at risk. And so that is the definition of terrorist behavior. And so we put them on the list. And if you put, take a terrorist off the list without exacting any changes in behavior from them, they're just going to think they've got a free reign. And that's been the Houthi for the last three years, escalating, 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 attacking Saudi Arabia, attacking the Emirates, attacking Israel. Now they're taking shots at American ships, Maltese ships, whatever they can get their hands on. They don't care. It's all about frightening people into altering their behavior. And today we had the announcement that the oil major Shell is going to stop shipping energy through the Red Sea and the Suez, it's too dangerous. That's mm. going to come home awfully quickly for Americans. Oh, yes. Absolutely. And, and, and speaking of that, I wanted to ask you because, you know, we're in an election year and I think a lot of Americans are focused on uh, the economy. And of course, you can't ignore illegal immigration. Um, but if, if there is further co uh, conflict in the Middle East, that produces higher oil prices, which produces supply chain issues, which affects, affects directly the price of goods and services. So even though this is a foreign policy issue, uh, an issue of, of, of feckless, hollow foreign policy and deterrence on the world stage, it still affects Americans economically, which even for the average American who is not paying attention to foreign policy, they're still going to end up voting on it. No, I think I think they're going to have to. And we have some new polling up on the Daily Signal on our yeah. news site here at the Heritage Foundation today about how Americans are tracking this issue. And right now it's about half and half. Half are tracking closely or at least somewhat some uh, and that uh, half Americans aren't. And quite frankly, most Americans have no reason to be concerned about Yemen. Uh, you know, yes, do I wish Americans studied more geography? Of course I do. But it's not a necessary component of your everyday life. And so I think the fact that more and more Americans are starting to say, wait, what is happening here? Uh, and that same polling indicates that many, many more Americans who are tracking think that Iran is to blame for this, not the Israel-Gaza war. So I think the Iran or the American people, rather, are seeing the Iran and the Houthi for what they are much more clearly than this administration. Yeah, it's amazing. Mm. Amazing that the American public know more than the national security team of the Joe Biden White House. Um, I wanted to drill into the Israel-U.S. relations because it seems as though we're in a very tricky time. It seems as though Joe Biden says outwardly, I'm supporting Israel, but then he tells the protesters, don't worry, I'm secretly trying to undercut Israel. Uh, there have been comments about, hey, you're initiating the war with Hezbollah. That's not true. Hezbollah has been the aggressor to the north. And of course, they're trying to slow down uh, the military operation in Gaza. Uh, I know it's a mixed message, but it seems as though politics is driving the national security strategy, not uh, strategic objectives. What do you see as you as you look at the Biden administration response to Israel? 
Now, this is one of the most disturbing aspects of this, John. The U.S.-Israel relationship is now, you know, decades and decades old. The security partnership, while not particularly well understood, is vitally important to both of our countries, our safety and our security. And what we saw on October 7th was that partnership breaking down. There should never be that kind of joint intelligence failure between the U.S. and Israel, uh, which is a partnership that should be keeping our citizens of both countries safe. And the fact that the Biden administration allowed the relationship to atrophy as they did and instead got all in on uh, providing aid again to their their Palestinian friends to the tunes of of over a billion dollars before October 7th. And they've only poured hundreds of millions of dollars more into it since then as a reward, I guess, for the this this spectacular attack. You know, this is an absolutely backwards policy. It it, is strange is as strange as Israel, and it clearly doesn't encourage any better behavior out of the Palestinians. So we're now in kind of the worst of all possible worlds where the president apparently hasn't talked to Prime Minister Netanyahu in close to a month while a shooting war is going on, uh, you know, in which Americans are being held hostage. Americans were killed, obviously, in the original attacks. So this is really, really a bad state of affairs. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Victoria, I want to shift to China because you know, we, we talk about the foreign policy of this administration and, and the recent one word message from this administration to Iran has been don't, which sounds to me like you're talking to a teenager. And what's a teenager going to do when you say don't? They're obviously going to, to do the opposite. And my concern is with respect to China, because while this administration is so preoccupied still with Ukraine, obviously with what's happening uh, with Israel and Iran. And now I, I, I am concerned that there is a door wide open for China. Um, I I don't mean to be reductive in tone uh, or casual in tone, but for you, what's the over under on a legitimate combative strike on Taiwan before the election? Yeah, it's it's a it's a deeply unsettling time. And one of the things I said when Secretary Austin went missing is, you know, it feels like the wheels are coming off the bus when you, you lose your defense secretary for a couple of days. And I might not love this bus. It's not my bus, but it's the only bus we have for the next year. So we need it at least to continue to function in some means. And unfortunately, you know, we had the uh, the threatened walkout of uh, federal workers, presidential appointees from the White House, from departments and agencies today that only didn't happen because they gave a snow day in Washington. So none of these people were in the office to walk out of it and show such great disrespect for the commander in chief. And of course, if you're China facing significant internal problems of your own, you know, just having watched democracy flourish and thrive in Taiwan over the weekend as they successfully uh, elected their new president, William Lai, which shows you the Chinese people are perfectly capable of, of democracy when given the opportunity. So you're you're maybe feeling a little on your back foot as China and you think, well, am I ever going to get a better shot than I have now? Because, Mm -hmm. as you said, the United States has now embroiled itself in Ukraine. We have obligations that we should be fulfilling in uh, in Israel. And, you know, could we handle a third front right now? Well, it's certainly not with the B or C team that appears to be in there. All right, folks, I'm anywhere. Sheriff Mark Land from Arizona, Pinal County. He's going to give us a talk about the border and also what it's been like to travel the state running for U.S. Senate. He has a good eye sense of what's on every voter's mind. He'll explain that next after these messages. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. 
Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back, America. As the House Homeland Security Committee considers the impeachment of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas and House and Senate negotiators try to strike a deal to close the most porous border in American history. Uh, there is a lot of debate going on across this country. What is the next step to secure that U.S.-Mexico border? Our next guest, well, he's been on the front lines of the border for a long time. He's the Pinal County Sheriff, and now he's running to go to the United States Senate, where maybe a real solution could one day uh, be implemented for our border. He is our good friend, uh, Sheriff Mark Lamb, right now. Sheriff, good to have you on, sir. Good to be on, John, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me. A lot going on, and we want to get to your Senate race, because I know you're making a lot of uh, efforts on the ground and gaining a lot of uh, territory on the ground. But I want to start with this Senate deal that uh, uh, Senator Lankford has put out there. And, uh, a lot of people looked at it and said, well, wait, 5,000 Ill uh, illegals still going to come into the country every day. We're going to normalize work permits for people already here. Uh, your assessment of what the Senate bill looks like versus what the House might try to do with H.R. 2. So this is the problem when you get such big numbers. Um, we're now at about 9,000. We've been at, you know, 13,000, 18,000 a week just here in the Tucson sector. Jeez. And now you sit there saying, well, we're going to allow 5,000 people to come in every day. Well, let me take you back one year. One year we were saying this was a major problem. And one year ago, we were only at 3,200 apprehensions in the Tucson sector a day. So really what they've done is it's like anything else the government does. They inflate the numbers so big that when they actually give you a number, throw a number out at you, it sounds like, oh yeah, 5,000 sounds great in comparison to what we're getting every day. But the reality is this is way more than what we should be allowing in. And even that's from last year when it was still bad. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's incredible. And you know, I, I look at our immigration system from the standpoint of, of, you know, 20 years ago, if you wanted to come to this country, you had to prove that you had some type of extraordinary skill, something that would prove to be valuable to this country. And now another stipulation from this is immediate work permits to every illegal alien released from custody. These people, all of the restrictions, all of the guardrails, it seems, have been completely removed. And I'm frankly surprised that this came from a senator from a state like Oklahoma. You would expect to see this from a state that's that's way far from the border geographically. It's Oklahoma. You know, but here's the thing. This is what it says to Americans is that politics has permeated Republicans and Democrats. And I think they're just trying to find solutions. And instead of doing the hard work, we sent them back to Washington to do the hard work. And those are things like balancing our budget, securing our border. And when you do those things, it's going to sometimes step on some toes and hurt some feelings. But that's what your job is. 
I've been an elected as sheriff now for seven years, going into my eighth year, two terms. And look, I've had to make deliver a lot of hard messages, but the people elected me to do that. We didn't elect you to be big government, to continue to ruin the economy, to, to take us further down the road with this immigration problem. Stop kicking the can down the road, fix the problem. Yeah, that's all the American people want. Just give us a solution. It's not that hard. We had the border under control a few years ago. It's just crazy. Oh. Sir, I want to uh, turn to uh, the quest that you have at hand now. You're running for the United States Senate in Arizona. Very exciting time. You have this unprecedented opportunity to travel the state, talk to constituents all day. What is on their minds? We saw yesterday in Iowa, far from the border, immigration, the number one issue in the Iowa caucuses. I bet it's uh, very much the same in Arizona. It is, John. And not only do I go all over the state of Arizona, but I've been fortunate enough to speak all over the country yeah. and especially here in Arizona. The top four issues, no matter where I go, are border, economy, crime and national security. And the national security and the border are intertwined. They're one in the same right now. That is the greatest threat to Americans. National security is what's going on at the southern border, whether it's fentanyl or whether it's these people coming from countries, many of them coming from countries that breed terrorism or that do not love America. That is what we're dealing with. So uh, Arizonans are right there lockstep, believe it or not, with Iowans saying the border is the biggest problem, Sheriff. The economy's messed up. And look, I've been fighting this as a sheriff. This is part of the reason I'm running. You know, there's an old Dutch saying, or Danish saying that says whoever has the ability has the responsibility. I've been fighting the border now for the last seven years as a sheriff. I've been fighting crime for nearly two decades. I, I manage an agency with over 600 employees and a budget of between 60 million and $100 million. I know what it takes to go back and do these things in Washington, D.C. and fix these problems and put the people of America and America first. Yeah. Yeah. Sheriff, um, I, I know that a lot of people would say that with respect to our uh, illegal immigration crisis, that the toothpaste is out of the tube, the horse is out of the barn, you can't reverse this. Um, but President Trump has been speaking on the campaign trail about actually trying to put the toothpaste back in the tube with mass deportations, you know, finding these people who broke the law coming into the country. They have subsequently broken the law being in the country. Um, and I know you as sheriff and, and dealing with the border crisis, you've had probably a lot of time to think about something like this and how it would work logistically. Can you kind of give, shed some, some light on that? Yeah, Amanda, that's a great question. Look, this isn't going to be easy, but President Trump is right. You cannot reward illegal behavior. Many of these people came into this country illegally, and even those ones on asylum claims, I would say nearly 99.9% .9 of them are on false asylum claims, just by the sheer fact that they were in Mexico before they came here. And that, by default, you're supposed to claim asylum in the first country you come to. But you can fix this problem. It is going to be hard. It's going to take us a long time. It's going to be a painful process. But giving mass amnesty and rewarding people who broke this law, uh, broke a law to come into this country in the first place, is not the answer. And uh, it's going to take some hard times and some hard people that understand it, that are passionate about America, that are willing to protect American citizens to do this. Um, and President Trump's right. I think we can put the toothpaste back in eventually. Um, but we've got to start by securing the border, remain in Mexico program, not let anybody come in here. And if you break the law, you've got to be held accountable. 
Yeah, simple mm -hmm. stuff, and yet it's so hard under this administration. It's a head-scratcher. I want to talk to one little subset of the people coming across the board, adult-age military—I'm sorry, military-age men from China. The numbers are off the chart. It's exponential growth. What is there any intelligence, any sense from anyone that you've encountered why these Chinese men are suddenly coming across the border in such large numbers? Well, John, I'm concerned, too, because if you know anything about communism, they don't let you leave the country unless you have permission. Right. So I'm very concerned at who let 16,000, because that's the number that I heard just even a couple of weeks ago. We're already at 16,000. So for any of your viewers out there, those numbers start on October 1st. So in this year, we're already at 16,000 Chinese nationals that have come in. We've already found you know, makeshift Chinese police headquarters in our country. We know that this is a country that is at odds with this with America. And it concerns me that military aged men rolling roller, roller bags, suitcases coming into our country uh, because they probably have permission from their own government to come here. And their, their motives are very concerning to me and they should be to every American. And I think we need our federal government to focus on that and start by securing our border and then focus on uh, who are these people. Yeah, such an important mission. Sheriff, we only got about 20 seconds left. What's the best way for people who are excited about your campaign to get involved? Look, if you love America and you want to take your country back and you want real Americans serving you in Washington, come to SheriffLandForSenate.com, SheriffLandForSenate.com. You can donate, sign a petition. But let's together take our country back. And John and Amanda, thank you for having me on. All right, folks, one more good one to go. Carl Sabo, one of the country's premier artificial intelligence experts. He's going to tell you all the hubbub at Davos, at the World Economic Forum about AI. It's not about AI. He says it's about Donald Trump. He'll explain what he means right after these messages. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, everybody. Last October, Joe Biden issued an executive order to ensure America was seizing on the promises and managing the risks of artificial intelligence. But today, just months later, many CEOs and business executives are becoming restless over the idea of AI dominating their industry and eliminating a majority of their workforce. Now, that leaves us to ask this question. Have our federal or state governments done enough to adopt and subdue the anxiety over this new technology? Well, let's dive into this discussion and get our answers with the vice president and general counsel of NetChoice, Carl Zabo. Carl, great to see you. Excited to have this conversation. Yeah, great to be here. Yeah. All right. So I want to tackle, you know, a lot of reports out of Davos, a lot of viral clips coming out. Um, but I've seen a change 
almost a change in perception of AI by by the Davos crowd, by the globalist crowd, World Economic Forum, whatever you want to call that group. Um, typically, these are the people who really embrace technology. They embrace modernity. They want that new technology and innovation. But this report out from Davos, artificial intelligence powered misinformation is the world's biggest short term threat. Why? Why do they have this new stance when it wasn't that long ago that AI seemed like the forefront of, of their excitement, to be honest? Yeah, I mean, I've got two words for you. Donald Trump. It scares the <laughs> heck out of the people at Davos. And they are terrified that artificial intelligence will be the reason Donald Trump wins in 2024, just like social media was the reason that Donald Trump won back in 2016. Of course, we know that's not true. Donald Trump won because Hillary Clinton was a terrible candidate. Donald Trump was a great candidate. Donald Trump will likely win in 2024 because he's a good candidate. And Joe Biden has done a terrible job with the United States of America. But this really terrifies the folks over in Davos, kind of the, the intellectuals who are over there telling us how to live our lives, telling us not to buy cars or go on airplanes and, and eat bugs. And so artificial intelligence, they're absolutely convinced, will be the but-for cause as to why Donald Trump exceeds and successes uh, into the White House in 2024. And that really scares them. So what do they want to do? They want to crack down on artificial intelligence. They want to control it. Not they want to ban it. They want to control it. And that's really what this is all about. It's all about control. And so that's why you're seeing governments from across the world, including here in the United States of America, try to decide what can and can't be done with this technology, who can and can't innovate. And if you step out of line, the government will come in swiftly and shut you down. Very un-American. And this is all driven by a fear of Donald Trump. And I can tell you that as unfortunate and uh, unreal as this story may sound, Joe Biden's executive order actually came because he watched Mission Impossible where the bad guy was artificial intelligence. I, I, I loathe to think what will happen when he sees the movie Godzilla, but it, we should not be making policy based on the activities of Tom Cruise. At the same time, what we need to do is recognize if the West does not embrace artificial intelligence, our foreign adversaries will and are doing it today. And that will leave us woefully behind on the battlefield, on the technological field, on the cyber warfare field, and most importantly, in our own homes. So we have two options. We either embrace artificial intelligence or we let our foreign adversaries be the leaders for the next several decades. Yeah, I think. It makes you wonder if this administration watched Dumb and Dumber before they took office. Oh, now, now. Be nice, Al. <laughs> I'm just asking I mean, if they watched the movie. I'm not saying anything beyond that. Uh, I mean, here's the thing, though, like artificial intelligence is one of the greatest opportunities for businesses. Yeah, it is. And every CEO over in Davos may be poo-pooing artificial intelligence, but secretly, you know that they're developing, that they're embracing it because they know their competitors are. And as a CEO, as a business leader, you have two options, either grow or die. And when it comes to artificial intelligence, this will be the fuel that powers the next decade of innovation. We're already seeing it today. We see it in things like spam. We see it in the stock valuations of Microsoft being injected into things like uh, Sidecar and other similar features. We see it with Siri. We see it with Alexa. We see it everywhere. And so consumers want it. Consumers embrace it. And therefore, the businesses need to embrace it or they will find themselves no longer being in business. 
Yeah, no, it is an existential question, and I think it's funny to watch. Is this just a temporary um, distraction by the elitists in this world? Because there's no doubt they know they're going to have to adapt to AI. It's not possible they're that smart and not know that AI is going to be part of the world, whether we want it or not. Is this just a temporary political uh, distraction until they get through the election? And behind the scenes, uh, we know we're going to do this the right way. Is that, I, 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 most of the people I talk to think this is all just a big giant pony show for politics and that behind the scenes, we know we're going to be doing AI for the next 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, whatever it's going to be. Yeah, absolutely. This is all about election, election, election. We are starting to see states across the country, uh, especially Democratic states like California, Minnesota, Michigan, enact laws to make it illegal for candidates to use, quote, artificial intelligence in their campaign videos. And you may think, oh, that makes sense. I, I, I don't want to see fake ads. But I hate to break it to you. The way they define artificial intelligence, a candidate standing in front of a green screen would be declared artificial intelligence or artificially generated content. And therefore, every ad where a candidate stands in front of a green screen would require a disclaimer. Part of this ad is fake. And that's going to turn off a lot of potential voters to new yeah. candidates, burgeoning candidates. And it's going to be really good for those incumbents, especially the Democrats, who have to defend a heck of a lot of senatorial seats to be able to write off their candidates as somebody using fake imagery in their campaign videos. This is, again, all about control. And it's all about controlling what people see, what people think and what people can do. Same thing is true with Hollywood. Hollywood is shaking in their boots because now. Americans across the country can compete with them. Pixar, uh, DreamWorks, all the people who make those wonderful animated movies now have to compete with people like you or me who can't draw themselves out of a paper bag, but can use artificial intelligence and embrace it to actually create videos, create movies, create entertainment that competes with Hollywood. So that's what you're seeing. You're seeing a lot of the elites recognize that we are seeing a democratization and empowerment of individuals. And that's really scary to those in power. That's why they want to seize control of artificial intelligence. That's why they want to limit its access. And that's why you see President Biden issue a totally unconstitutional executive order dictating to every single one of his federal agencies to write rules, regulations to decide who can use AI and what they can do with it. Yeah, manipulated market. Carl, again. we just got about a minute left. Um, every time we have you on, I want to ask you this question, and I don't think I've ever had time to do so. Um, have we had our last honest election with respect to videos and content out there? And by that, I mean we are now in an era where deep fakes are can, can be so prevalent. And if it's a negative video about a candidate, they can say that's a deep fake. If it's a positive video about their opponent, they can say that's a deep fake. Are uh, honest videos, honest campaigns, is, is that over? You know, if we had honest politicians, uh, I don't think we'd have any at all. And <laughs> we've had muckraking around for over 100 years. You roll it back to the Spanish-American War, and you've got phrases like, you give me the photographs, I'll give you the war. But let me give you a recent example of a real image that was used with a proper headline to, to create misinformation. And that was the image of alleged uh, border security officers whipping immigrants and, and uh, people trying to come into the country. We know that that was a real photo, completely fake narrative, completely fake headline. Mm. And so whether it's a real headline or a fake image, what we need to do as Americans is better educate ourselves. We need to uh, look at multiple sources and we need to just make sure that what we're being told is the truth rather than just what the people upstairs want us to know. Yeah, good point. Carl, we only got 
about 30 seconds left. I just want to ask real quickly, when you look around in government or in uh, the, the larger regulatory, is, is there anyone you look at and say, I think they got a good idea how to tackle this? You know, I think there are a lot of laws on the books today. Artificial intelligence, heavily regulated. Hundreds, if not thousands of laws today apply to artificial intelligence, whether it's fraud, deception, misrepresentation. So what we actually need from our lawmakers is not more laws. What we need from government is to enforce the laws we have on the books. So that's the number one thing we can see government do. Apply the laws as they're written to artificial intelligence, just like they would anything else. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Justin News. I'm really grateful that you could join today. Hey, if you want to go check out my good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition and take advantage of that Field of Greens product, five vegetable and fruit servings a day and a single scoop of powder, go to fieldofgreens.com. Right now you get 15% off if you use the promo code Just News. All right, that wraps up the Sunday edition. God bless you folks for listening. A big thank you to all of our great guests, including Senator Tommy Temerville, Tom Fitton, Victoria Coates, Carl Sabo, and, of course, Sheriff Mark Lamb. What a great show. I hope you have a blessed Sunday. Watch some football. Enjoy that family that you have, your friends. And may God bless you and God bless this incredible country, the United States. I'm so grateful you listen. I'm going to have a good weekend myself. I'm going to go spend some time with my family now. Have a good one. God bless. Have a great evening. It's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events, and you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.